Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Direct from the Broski Nation headquarters in Los Angeles, California, this is the Broski Report with your host, Brittany Broski. Broski Nation! Actually, what would my WWE walkout be? My WWE walkout would be... Or or this Muse song I've been obsessed with lately, Stockholm Syndrome or Uprising by Muse. How does that song go? They will not break We will be victorious. That would be my walkout song. Hey guys, welcome back to the Rosie Report. I feel fucking crazy. <laughs> guys, a lot to talk about today. Okay, we're going to be jumping all over the place. Don't really, I'm going to apologize up front for the things that I'm going to talk about. I'm also going to tell you right now, what am I sipping on? We're sipping, listen to that. Yeah, we're sipping on a half sweet, half unsweet iced tea in my Fuzzy's taco shop cup. Okay, what's it say on here? It's taco clock somewhere. I know that's fucking right. Okay, you know my my latest uh, sort of like, what do they, what do y'all call it? Vocal stem of the week. The thing that I walk around my house saying is, well, all we can do is pray for it applies to anything. It's the new bit. If someone's doing really bad or someone's doing really well, it's, well, all we can do is pray for that Theo Vaughn clip. I don't know if if Theo Vaughn, the girls like him, right? I've always thought Theo Vaughn is hilarious, but I don't know if he's problematic. So what are we talking about today? First of all, some housekeeping. Broski Report merch is still live. Go get it, guys. If you want it, go get it. It ships out the week of April 1 because uh, it's made to order. So go get that now. Next order of business. I was on the pit stop. I was on the pit stop with Trisha Martell, my sister in Christ, my brother in arms. And we just had a good old time, didn't we? It's, it's always a great time when I get to see my sister Trish. When I get to see my sister Trish, I love her. I love Trish. You know, whenever someone comes up to me in person, they're like, I love you and Trixie Mattel. I'm like, well, she's really hard to look at, but she is sure fun to be around. And they're like, <laughs> I'm not joking. You ever looked at her? Yeah, try sitting across from her. Katya is a God warrior. Katya is a warrior of God. All right. We don't talk about it enough. I love Trisha. We did Pit Stop. It was so much fun. I cannot believe queens get paid to do that. That is the ideal job. You get to, you get paid to sit around and watch Drag Race? Yeah, bitch. To sit around, watch Drag Race, and give your opinion? Yeah, bitch. Sign me up. I did. I told Trixie that I was like, I'm, the girls are going to literally like quarter and what's that called? Draw and quarter? Draw and quarter <laughs> definition. 
to be hanged, drawn, and quartered became a statutory penalty for men convicted of high treason in the Kingdom of England from 1352 under King Edward III, although similar rituals, hey, don't care. Don't care. What the fuck is the definition? Draw and quarter is a medieval expression that refers to two brutal forms of execution. Execution by horses. Tying each... Ooh, we should implement some of these in Nation. <laughs> execution by horses. Tying each of the victim's limbs to a different horse and then driving the horses in four different directions. You know that that ASMR was crazy. Damn. King Edward had some crazy ASMR. <laughs> Sorry. Execution by hanging. Hanging the victim, disemboweling them while they're still alive, and then beheading and dismembering them. Oh! Oh! Right. Oh, holy fuck! Oh, Jesus Christ! Quarter! Oh! Oh! Quarter! Oh! Literally means cutting the person's body into four parts, or quarters. Oh! <laughs> Right. The punishment was considered one of the most brutal and inhumane forms of execution. Well, yeah, I could definitely see that being sort of the case there. Oh my God, have y'all ever been to a medieval torture museum? <laughs> very, very niche ask. Have y'all ever been to a medieval torture museum? Let me tell you something. It's crazy. It's bonkers. Okay. I think we should bring back some of those. We should bring back some of those for just like really petty crimes. Uh, not like stealing from Walmart or stuff like that. That's sort of like, ah, you got me. You know what I mean? I don't think stealing from Walmart is worth like, uh, drawing and quartering, but something as simple as like, okay, this is a thing in California. And I don't know if this is a thing anywhere else in the fucking continental United States to merge onto the highway. There is a stoplight. Like you get on the feeder road, the access road. and you stop. Like, you fully are about to merge onto the highway, then you stop. And I think it's to control the traffic flow of so it's not bottlenecking and so it doesn't, like, back up into the actual street, like, like crossroad streets. But it's so fucking stupid because you think people actually sit there and do that shit? No, girl. No, girl. They blow right through that bitch. They are not stopping. And I, I because I'm like, it's going to be me. I, oh, I have that fucking curse on me. If I do this and I follow suit and I just blow through this light, guess who's getting a fucking ticket, girl? Me. My dumb ass. And I'm going to get sent that picture of me in the driver's seat just blowing through it, listening to Meg the Stallion, level 28 volume, maxing out my speakers, hands on 10 and 2, blowing through it. Did anyone else get a ticket? No. Just me. If you blow through those lights, I think you should be drawn and quartered. Because it, like, you are defeating the purpose. I think, honestly, if the light worked, if people actually abided, abode by the rules, and they were able to merge onto the highway in a way that actually, you know, monitors and and uh, regulates the traffic flow, maybe it would work. Okay? It doesn't. Oh, my God. Completely separate thing yesterday. I was driving to um, Brooke Averick. Averick, Lady Efron's uh, podcast release party. Her podcast is out, I believe, today. And I'm the first episode. Y'all go give it a watch. It's my sister, Elizabeth. Uh, it's called Obsessed. Her new podcast is called Obsessed, of course. Because of course it is. Like, one thing about me and Brooke, 
that we have in common. We don't know how to like something normal. And uh, I think she really embodies that. I'm so excited about the podcast. Anyway, I was on the way to, she had a little trivia night. It was a Brooke-themed trivia night. It was Criminal Minds, Akatar, Glee, uh, and Broadway. Those were the fucking categories. Akatar, of course. Akatar, of course, I won for my little group. They were like, we haven't read. Yeah, I know you bitches haven't read. You bitches can't read. I'll, I will be the, the fountain of information, the fountain of knowledge on Akatar. You can bet on me for that. I'm on my way there. I was in Santa Monica and I'm driving there and I'm headed. Se- this is about to be the most California sentence I've ever. And trust me, it hurts coming out. I'm like, ah, saying this. I'm headed south on the 405. Okay. It's like a windy highway through the mountains. On the opposite side of the highway, Headed north, there is a police lineup of like, I'm not joking, probably 15 to 20 cop cars. It's spearheaded by three. And then behind those three are two stretch limousines with American flags up up front, like the little flags that they, and they're going super slow, which I'm just like, why the fuck would you do this? Take a fucking helicopter. Oh, you bitches are so annoying. And I'm like, oh my God, who do you think that could be? Is it? Obama? Is it Trump? Is it Joe Biden? Or is it like a senator or a congressman or whoever? And if that's the case, why wouldn't you just fly? Why are we driving? Why do we have two stretch limousines and a a fucking 30 police car police escort stopping traffic on a Wednesday night? Oh, you bitches. And so I look over and I'm like, oh, holy shit. If it's not presidential, then it's something. Come to find out, I call my mother because I'm driving. I call my mother and I say, can you Google something for me? She's like, yeah, what's going on? I was like, there is a an escort happening on the 405 right now. So we're in SoCal. Can you look up on Twitter or somewhere like who's here? Turns out it was the Veep. It was Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, welcome to SoCal. SoCal, the best cow, we like to call it. SoCal, best cow, the fancy cow. I love SoCal. I live in SoCal. I was like, oh, holy shit. Drove by Kamala Harris. Okay, we did it, Joe. We did it, Joe. I wonder if she could hear me blasting Megan Thee Stallion from my car. Kamala, woo! Okay, bye, girl. I'll see you, girl. Okay, I don't know where you're going. Okay. If y'all were headed that way, I passed at Cane's earlier. Y'all stop at that Cane's. All right, love you. I'll see you, girl. Okay. That was me on the 405. Oh, my God, Kamala, you did not tell me you were passing through here. What are you doing? You are crazy. Well, no, I can't talk. No, I would love to. No, 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 don't stop the car. Okay, stop the car. Wait, no, I'm headed to Santa Monica. Yeah, I'm doing, you know, bro. Yes, yes. And her pot, yes. So that actually comes out tomorrow. I'm the first episode. Oh, Kami, you are too sweet. KK, we like to call her KK. KKH. Kamala Kardashian, if you will. We like to call her that too. I said, Kamala, you are so sweet. No, please, I have to go. I really can't stay another minute. I've got to hit the road. <laughs> yeah, y'all were blocking traffic. Y'all are crazy over there. Okay, besitos. Mwah, mwah. Bye, KK. That was me on the 405 with her. Anyway, crazy. These politicians are just, I always think, I don't know why I don't think that they're like going to be driving on the highway. I don't know. Well, she wasn't, of course. Someone was driving her. But I was like, whoa, that's the first time I've ever seen like a presidential-esque escort. And just, they were just on the road. And of course they stopped traffic. So it was the three police cars, the two stretch limousines. I wonder if anyone was with her. And then like, 
I'm not joking, 15 cop cars behind her. And one of them was doing like a serpentine thing, like the very last one. Uh, at the very end of the procession. And I think it was so no one would try to like rush up next to the cop cars or like speed up and, and uh, you know, I don't know. People are crazy, whatever they'd try to do. I was like, damn, that's crazy. There's like a protocol for this shit. You can't just be like, all right, let's get in the Tahoe. <laughs> all right, Kamala, let's get in the Tahoe. Pick it up. Let's go. Anyway, that's what I'd do if Kamala Harris was staying at my house. I'd be like, Kamala, we were supposed to leave 15 minutes ago. Get your ass in that car. We've got to go. We don't have time to stop at Kane's anymore. I told you if you want to stop at Kane's, we got to leave 15 minutes early. That line is damn long. Get in the... Well, we don't have time. Oh, I don't give a shit that you're hungry. Hopefully they have Reese's Pieces at the town hall. Lord knows you took your sweet time. Anyway, drawing and quartering was in 1305. The Scottish rebel William Wallace was hanged, drawn, and quartered for being a traitor to King Edward I. Damn, so this dude had a punishment invented for him. That's fucking crazy. Damn. He was like, King Edward was just, oh, oh I fucking hate it. Oh. Okay, hear me out. What if we got four horses and we tied this motherfucker to the horses and we said, yeah, and they ran. Yeah. Okay. What if we did that for everything? Anyway, well, I think we should introduce drawing and quartering into Broski Nation, but for like really, really heinous, like not not deserving crimes. But also it's a joke. Like we'd, we'd strap you to stuff and I'd be like, any final words on my little throne in front of the town square? You'd be like, please, please. And I was like, nah, I'm just joking. All right, untie him, untie him. It was a joke. It was a prank. <laughs> Drawing and quartering someone is a prank. Holy shit. Jake Paul core. It was a prank. Okay. What the fuck was I talking about drawing and quartering for? Oh, how did I get there from the pit stop? Yeah, uh, Pit Stop was a lot of fun. The reaction has been really, really nice. Everyone who's who's sent me messages or all the comments on the video are like really, really sweet. And I'm like, you know, because I was talking to Trixie beforehand and I was like, I feel really nervous being on a show like Pit Stop because anytime uh, someone who's, you know, on the show who isn't a queen or who doesn't do drag in some capacity or is associated with the drag world they're kind of discounted, you know, like, why the fuck are you there? Which I totally understand. What opinion could you possibly share that could be constructive or helpful in any sense? I totally understand. But as a longtime fan of Drag Race, I mean, I told Trixie on the show, I've been watching Drag Race since season four, season six. I started at season six and then I went back and watched. And then I, I've, I've been caught up ever since. But it's like, that was a part of my literal childhood. I was a sophomore in high school. Drag Race has been a part of my life for a really long time. And I don't, I mean, when it comes from the perspective of a fan, I think that that is relatable in a sense, you know, where it's nice to see two queens talk about drag race and they obviously have the inside scoop where they can relate to or say, well, in my experience, you know, this was kind of the experience on the show. But as a fan of the show, it's fun to just also with like one of my besties, like to sit there across from Trixie and be like, yeah, girl, I live for Plain Jane. I live, you know, it was really just fun. I mean, it's it's a fucking blast. This job is stupid and it's not real. So that was kind of a dream come true. And uh, I think she's doing a great job as the host. That is not an easy gig. I mean, to kind of lead that conversation totally from the ground up. And, and I, obviously they have a structure that you kind of need to follow. But 
there's a lot of pickups and there's a lot of, you know, television is just not as natural and easy as you may think. Television, against all odds, sometimes is scripted, okay? I hate to burst the bubble. Anyway, thank y'all, because the, the reaction on Pit Stop's been, been really, really great. This episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Guys, he's back. He's coming back. Hosier is returning to the stage in 2024, and you know where I will be. Front row in an Irish flag dress and wedding veil. This is the mission. The tool to accomplish the mission? SeatGeek. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app with more than 70,000 events every single day, including concerts, sports, festivals, and more. The NBA and NHL playoffs are right around the corner. Baseball is back, as well as artists like Taylor Swift, Luke Combs, Ed Sheeran, and Drake, all on tour so you're not going to want to miss out. SeatGeek puts all the tickets across the web in one place to make sure you're getting a good deal. Each ticket is rated on a scale of 1 to 10, so look for the green dots. Green means good. Red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. And you know that I come bearing a code for Broski Nation. Use my code BROSKI for 20 bucks off tickets at SeatGeek. That's 20 bucks off your first purchase with promo code BROSKI. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. And please, Hosier, I'm coming. Just be patient. Relax. This episode is sponsored by Tinder. It is the place to be right now. The spring vibes are radiating and sizzling all over the place. It's time to take control of your 2024 love life. Who knows? You may find yourself catching feelings and falling in love or finding someone who matches your energy. It has boundless possibilities where everything is possible. Seriously, it starts with a swipe. Hop into your dating era now. This is the best time on Tinder to find the most matches. So you have the most opportunities to find whatever you want on Tinder. Hear me out. Tinder is the dating app to be on. It is easy. It is fun. Tinder has it all. No, actually, it has all the profiles. The most possibilities to find the love of your night or your life or someone to become that couple with. It's time to reignite that flame. Grab your phone, tap that download button, and make this your best year yet. Explore all the possibilities for yourself and download Tinder today. Okay, here is here are the three songs of the week. I kind of want to get into it early just because it's on my mind, okay? And kind of in the vein of Drag Race. Not even in the vein of Drag Race, in the vein of Trixie and Katya. One of my songs of the week is going to be by Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> One of my songs of the week is going to be How do you add? You are lonely. I've gotten a bunch of, for some fucking reason, Linda Ronstadt videos on my For You page, and I eat every single one up. I get Old Cher, I get Linda Ronstadt, I get um, The Mamas and Papas, I get Dolly, of course, Dolly and uh, Porter Wagner. I get old Johnny Cash, I get old Hank Williams, I get a lot of, and then like every now and then it'll be like, Mariah Carey's best vocal moments. And I'm like, fuck yeah. And then I'll sit there and watch the nine minute long TikTok of, okay, Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, who you got? And I'm like, that's an impossible choice, but I'll sit here and I'll make the choice. Oh my God, it is so sad what's happening to Celine Dion. Her, her like health. Celine Dion's sister says singer doesn't have control over her muscles. Oh my God. 
Grammy winner and international icon Celine Dion is working hard but doesn't have control over her muscles, her sister Claudette has told Canadian media. Dion earlier this year canceled all tour dates through 2024 due to a rare neurological disease called stiff person syndrome. That is so sad. In our dreams and hers, the goal is to return to the stage. In what capacity, I don't know. The vocal cords are muscles and the heart is also a muscle. This is what gets me. It's a one out of a million case. The scientists haven't done that much research because it hasn't affected that many people. Oh my God, that fucking sucks. That is one of my biggest fears about getting older and, and aging. I'm not so much afraid of age. I'm afraid of the health risks and the health, the deteriorating health that comes with age. You know, like I am acutely aware of my sort of lack of activity, my lack of dedication to living a healthy lifestyle. I am not looking for a lecture. I'm not looking for advice. I'm simply just relaying this information to you all. I understand it's so important to wake up and stretch every morning and do vitamins and walk and move your body and, you know, core strength and all this. I, I totally understand. It's a lot easier said than done. Also, when I, I've struggled with an eating disorder my whole life, it's just, you know, it's a lot more fucking hard than it should be for no reason uh, because I guess I make it harder. My brain. I don't know. And that's one of the things, especially in my family, cancer of all types runs in my family. High cholesterol, high blood pressure, just an evil concoction of things that just sucks. And it's stuff like this where it's like, could Celine Dion have done anything to, pre to prevent this? No, it happens. And that fucking sucks too. And that's the shit not to get super deep, not to get deep, but allow me, indulge me for a second. That's the stuff that'll make you religious. Because I know in my family, there have been divine healings. And I say that, of course, with a grain of salt, because was it divine healing or was it, you know, the body's ability to regulate itself? Was it prayer? I don't know. I My relationship with God and the church is what it is, but I don't know. I, I think there is something to be said about miraculous healings that cannot be explained. I know it happens. I know a lot of people have stories of it happening. I never would, you know, rule that out, but it is situations like that where when it comes to someone's health, that is a situation where it is completely out of your hands. Your faith is in the doctors and beyond that, you know, that's it sucks because there's a sort of wall there of you don't understand it. You don't understand the medical side of why this could happen, how it could have been preventable, how to treat it. Oh, there's no treatment. It's hopelessness. It's how do you even fathom powering through this and being able to emotionally get through this both as the patient and as the family of the patient or the friends of the patient. It is a stress that only if you've lived through it, you understand it. And, you know, it's situations like that where I, I come on here and I talk a lot about my relationship with the church and how I feel as a young woman, it did me dirty and it left me reeling. I hope that through those conversations and through those opinions that I've shared, I never want to seem like I'm shitting on someone's religion because re religion is such a deeply personal thing and it's a cultural thing and it is so deeply ingrained. And I think that there is a separation between being able to say, okay, this element of religion and man-made religion and religious practices can be harmful. But on the other side, 
if that helps you make sense of the world and it helps you connect to hope, human hope is such a fragile but, but strong thing, then I think that is beautiful. And I always come back to the point that a lot of, you know, I'm not saying I'm an atheist, but a lot of atheists come to this point of I envy the faithful because of that, you know, blind hope. And for some, it's not a blind hope. It's, it's, it is faith. That's what it's called. That's the definition. It's faith. And I've seen it and I've had it and I've lost it. And in situations like that, where your family member or you, you're going through a medical emergency that has you literally lifting your hands to the sky and being like, please help me, please anyone, anything, help me take away the pain, take away the pain for, you know, whoever is suffering. That is when religion is, I mean, it's truly the last, like, it's a Hail Mary. And in that regard, I am so sympathetic to that. And I am so, I've been there and I understand it and I've watched it work and I've watched it fail. And I don't really have a definitive opinion or answer on it, but I, it is just one of the most tragic. I see a lot of comments on this got really serious all of a sudden. Sorry, guys. I see a lot of comments on the podcast, on the YouTube, where a lot of y'all have said, you know, you've recently experienced a death in the family or a death of someone very close, or you've just not been doing well mentally. You're in the hospital, God forbid. And this podcast helps with that. I think that is so, what an honor for me to sort of take your mind off of it, you know, because I've, God, I've been there where you're just waiting. Waiting on someone to get better is just indefinite, stressful waiting. And when you finally get the news, it's this rush of adrenaline. It's just, it's, it's awful. And I'm, so my heart goes out to anyone who's currently dealing with that. I mean, back to Celine Dion, it's just like, I can't imagine to be, and when it happens to athletes too, you know, where it's like your skill your talent, your gift that you have given to the world is how you use your body, how you use your muscles, how you use your voice. When that capability is stripped from you, I cannot imagine how crippling that feels. You know, like I, you have to learn how to interact with the world and express yourself in a completely different way. And it, I just, that's one of the most, you have to be so strong and it's so heart-wrenching. My heart really goes out to um, Celine Dion and her family. I, I can't imagine. And what an icon. What a fucking icon. Who's done it like Celine Dion? Very, very few have done it like Celine Dion. And I know she knows that. I, at least I hope she knows that she is a literal living legend. And she has left her mark on humanity. You know, so that's just, wow. Back to the music. Oh, a Whitney Houston song. Oh, Linda Ronstadt. We're talking about Linda Ronstadt. I knew you win. The second one is Whitney Houston, You Light Up My Life. This song has been on repeat. Also, she did a song with Mariah, bitch, for the, what movie was that? The Prince of Egypt, dude. The Prince of Egypt. The Prince of Egypt. I love that song. I love that song. This is from 1998. My Love Is Your Love is the name of the album. When You Believe from the Prince of Egypt, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey. That song, chills. Chills all over my body. My nipples are hard. My leg hairs are raised. Wow. Third, or I guess fourth song of the week. I'm just kind of firing them off at this point. It's never three. I always have more than three. A song that I'm 
clinically addicted to, and I'm kind of embarrassed about it because it's like so pop country, is called <laughs> Country Boy's Dream Girl is the name of the song, and it's by Ella Langley. And now I used to live by Langley Air Force Base. I believe that's in Virginia or it's in North Carolina. Langley. That's in Hampton, Virginia. Yeah, I used to live by Langley Air Force Base. Because my father used to work there. Okay? Because my father's a red-blooded patriot. Okay? <laughs> Not taking questions at this time on my father. Um, Joint Base Langley Eustis. Here's one of my deep fantasies, okay? And after I saw Top Gun for the first time, and after I saw Top Gun Maverick, starring, of course, Miles Teller and Glenn Powell, and Jay Ellis. Hi, Jay Ellis. Hello, Jay Ellis. <laughs> oh, oh, hello. Da, hello. Da, hello. We are selling schnitzel. We are selling schnitzel. Da, hello. <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> oh, my God. Da, yoo-hoo. I have my little handkerchief. Yoo-hoo, boys. Me to jail. <laughs> Oh, this should be a How to Get a Restraining Order 101 podcast. I can really help with that course of action. If you guys are interested there, I can really give some pointers. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have this deep visceral fantasy of, for some reason, okay, I have relocated the HQ. Broski Nation has, now has an underground base, a headquarters, a military operative base somewhere near a famous American Air Force base. Okay, stay with me. We're sleeping in cots. We're underground. We're District 13. Okay, we're District 13-ing it from Hunger Games. We have a complete, fully operative, we have nukes, we have missiles, we have ammo, we have grenades. All of it's underground. Broski Nation, the Broski Nation arsenal. Tottenham, Arsenal Tottenham. Tottenham Forest versus Arsenal. Arsenal versus Liverpool. Liverpool. Not the freaking football team. Sports soccer team. Arsenal definition. A collection of weapons and military equipment. Period. I'm so fucking smart. Oh, yeah, dude. This is what, <laughs> this is what the Broski Nation Arsenal looks like. Fucking pull it up. The Royal Armory leads. Oh, that is fucking ridiculous. Those are all swords and like, what are these called? Pommels? Oh no, the pommel of a sword. These are called pauldrons up on your shoulders. These are knight's helmets here. Swords. Those are crosses so that God blesses you in battle. God, the Holy Crusades were so fucking stupid if you really think about it. I want to start a history series where I just talk about men being fucking stupid throughout history. You're going to start a holy war? Cringe. Oh, you started a literal holy war? My God's better than yours. No, my God's better than yours. What the fuck did you just say? You started a holy war. Guys, can we find something better to do with our time? Has anyone thought about the big ball of light in the sky? Maybe we should like study that, study the moon, study the tides. Your God called my God stupid. I'm gonna fucking kill you. Anyway. <laughs> Holy War is crazy. Okay, anyway, back to the Royal, the Royal Arsenal in Leeds. Yeah, this is kind of what the Broski Nation one looks like, except actually, no, we would actually be equipped with a uh, uh, Victorian sort of weaponry or or American Civil War era weaponry. It's it's muskets. Reload! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> you have to do 
the gunpowder and the oh shit. Okay, look at oh god damn it. And it's those old timey cannons. Fire! Fire! And you have to cover your you have to cover your ears like this. Actually, each member of the broski <laughs> each member of the broski military is gonna have to wear a balaclava like this. The one that I currently have on, Teddy Fresh Balaclava with the little ears. Okay. And the colors, well, I've said this before when, it, with regards to the furry military, of course, furries are going to be on the front lines. The operatives are going to be kind of in the control room underground, uh, uh, helping with like geolocation and stuff like that and strategy and, oh, they're coming in from the north. Quick, hide. Quick, invisibility cloaks. Oh my God, warfare in Broski Nation is crazy because we actually have dragons, but we're still fighting with Civil War era technology. And everyone's on on uh, camelback and horseback, but not normal horses. Okay, little Shetland ponies, and they and they they trot like that. And they're real proper. They're real tiny, and their legs are this short. Anyway, furries are going to be on the front lines because what did I say in that video? Does anyone remember? Say it with me: bulletproof outfits, bulletproof uniforms. Okay, little known fact about fur, about furry costumes. They are bulletproof if you make them that way. Mine will be bullet resistant, sweat resistant. They will be built with AC and heater units inside of them. Night vision goggles in the fucking eyes. Are you guys listening? Do you care? Can I just get you guys to be serious for half of a fucking minute? It's so hard. Guys, pay attention. We're talking military strategy here. Anyway, back to the Royal Archives and Leeds. Yeah, this is, this is what ours looks like. Uh, that's where all, <laughs> that's where all the funding is going. Okay. All the money that's being funneled into Broski Nation is being funneled out into the military complex that I'm creating underground, uh, in a sort of District 13-esque way. Okay. Now, do I think Philip Seymour Hoffman is hot? Yeah, I do. Okay. A little bit. So those were the songs. Uh, yeah, Country Boys, Dream Girl. Again, how did I start talking about that? How did I start talking about... Y'all need to put me on one of those shows that's like, how do you connect this topic to this topic? I will find a way in five minutes or less. Let me cook. Let me cook, okay? I can connect Chernobyl to just about anything. If you give me the time and a microphone, I can really make that happen for you. Those are the songs. The last song is Stockholm Syndrome by Muse. I've been in a Muse mood lately. I think Uprising by Muse is one of my songs of the week, like three weeks ago. I love Muse. And I only recently realized that they are British. And you got to hand it to the British, okay? They know how to make an alter alternative grungy rock band and then reintroduce it to America. You know, that's actually tea. If you're like a classic rock enthusiast, classic rock, quote unquote, one of the only, like, famous American rock and roll bands from that era is Aerosmith. All the other ones are fucking British, dude. Actually, I may be lying. Guns N' Roses, are they American? Wow, wow, wow. They're American. Yeah, 1985. Guns N' Roses and Aerosmith. Because fucking Led Zeppelin. How about famous... Famous rock bands from the 80s. Oh, guys, the diarrhea is churning. Okay, maybe I'm actually talking out of my ass. Motley Crue, are they British? Motley Crue's American. Let's fucking go. Def Leppard, English. Journey, American. ACDC, Australian? I thought ACDC was British. 
Fleetwood Mac, American, of course, Rolling Stones, British, Queen, British, Dire Straits, British, Kiss, American. Now, I did know that. Whitesnake, English, Iron Maiden, English, Judas Priest, English. See, so many of these are fucking British. The Clash, English. Hollow Notes, proudly American. Okay, don't you forget it. ZZ Top, American. The Police, English. Van Halen. Van Halen's American? Did not know that. Formed in Pasadena, California. Let's fucking go. Bon Jovi, American. Guns N' Roses, American. Metallica, American. That's actually T. Oh, my mom loves Rush. Canadian. Let's go. Woo, Canada. This episode is sponsored by Factor. Sometimes I'm ready to chef it up in the kitchen. And sometimes I want to heat up my daily sustenance and be done with it. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day so easy with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are restaurant quality that are 100% ready to heat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Snacks, smoothies, and more. You can discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, sign up and save. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. It's flexible for your schedule as well. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. I just ordered mine for this week, and they had this pork shepherd's pie on there. Yeah, I'm about to tear that up. Hey, I'm about to tear that up. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash broski50 and use code broski50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. That's code broski50 at factormeals.com slash broski50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while the subscription is active. Biggest band of the 80s. Let's consult Reddit. Who do you guys think was the most famous band in the 80s? Like, everyone was like, oh my god! I think probably, well, no, Led Zeppelin was like 60s, 70s, I think. They had their heyday. In a, ooh, maybe I'm biased because Aerosmith, I grew up in an Aerosmith household. My stepmom loves Aerosmith, and I do too. I want to say Aerosmith, like, really, really was on top in the 80s. Who was the number one rock band in the 80s? This is from... AmericanSongwriter.com, Guns N' Roses. Despite popping up midway through the decade, Guns N' Roses seismically shifted the tides of rock and roll when they came around. <laughs> Appetite for Destruction brought something entirely new to the rock sphere while their grungy look quickly became adopted by their predecessors. What the fuck was the movie that What's-His-Name was in where he Tom Cruise was in where he played the rock guy? <laughs> rock of Ages? Yeah, this movie. Was this it? Oh, this has terrible ratings. Okay, why the fuck is Alec Baldwin in it? Yeah, I think it's this one. Julianne Huff and Tom Cruise. Yep, it's this one. Oh, I fucking love this dude. I hope he's not problematic. God damn it. Diego Boneta. 
He played Luis Miguel in the uh, uh, La Serie, the series on Netflix. I love that. And he was also, he, this motherfucker is in the famous video of um, Extra Hot, No Foam, Did It a Latte. Uh, Senora Awesome. Isn't he? That video where she's ordering coffee, Senora Awesome. Ah! Senorita Awesome coffee scene. Yeah, from Scream Queens, dude. Oh, hi, Miss Bean. What are you doing? Oh. Oh. Make a pumpkin spice latte, you psychopath. Next time, I get you fired. Or worse. Look at him! It's Luis Miguel. Other barista. I know her. I, I mean, I, I just met her. I'm pledging Kappa. Lot to psych on me. Her name's Chanel. She's president of the Kappa house. And she thinks that means her poop smells like ginger beer. The president of the Kappa House, that means she thinks her poop smells like ginger beer. If my shit smelled like ginger beer, that would be a problem. I'd go, I'd have to go to the poop doctor. Oh my god, do y'all remember when I had to go to the poop doctor? <laughs> and I had to shit in a bucket. <laughs> do you guys remember that? I had to shit in a bucket and take it to my doctor and blast it. <laughs> oh my god I went to the doctor and I was like I think I have IBS and he was like I need you to do something for me he said Miss Tomlinson I need you to do something for me and you're not gonna like it and I said doc lay it on me I'll do anything am I doing a secret mission and he handed me a plastic bucket and said I need you to poop in the bucket <laughs> and I said this must have been like what Cersei felt like during the Walk of Shame in Game of Thrones when they they paraded her through the the city naked, ringing that bell. Shame, shame. That was me having to shit in a literal bucket, and then give it to the doctor. I did. Hello, yeah. <laughs> I'm here to drop off my schnitzel. <laughs> when the schnitzel after the winds through my body. Yeah, doctor. <laughs> Oh my God, I have never felt so fucking bare. Stripped bare. He is so cute in this. I just wish that he didn't act like that. She must think her poop doesn't smell like ginger beer. What are you talking about? She must think her poop doesn't smell like a matcha latte with double oat milk foam and some vanilla. What are you talking about? Oh my God, I didn't even tell you. So my plan is to move in next to a, oh yeah, this movie, hold on, go back. It is so fucking hard living in my brain for 30 minutes. Imagine trying to speak for an hour straight. What the fuck am I talking about? I had that moment about 36 different times throughout filming one of these. What the fuck am I talking about? What the fuck was I talking about? Anyway, Diego Boneta, he was in Luis Miguel and he was in Rock of Ages. Don't remember that. Rock of Ages, I think was this like, movie where all these older stars were like, let's make a movie about the 80s. And then everyone was like, yeah, I love this song. I remember watching it being like, what are these fucking old people doing? <laughs> you know what one of my new favorite bits to do with my friends is, is be like, wait, how old are you again? And they'll be like, well, 27. Damn! <laughs> I think that's a Kevin Hart bit. I think that's where I got that. 
Yeah, that was Kevin Hart and Don Cheadle. Where he said, how old are you? Damn. <laughs> 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 Kevin Hart, Don Cheadle. But at the same time, like I said, in me, you know, I'm 56 years old. Damn. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because it was a Sounds thought. No, no, seriously. It was a thought, it was a thought and I blurted it out. I'm I did fine. not mean it that I'm way. Not, I'm fine. Okay, but just understand I didn't mean it the way it came Let's, out. We'll take a poll on how you meant it with I'm, people here later after the show's over, but... I can sit up here and honestly say, buddy, that that was from yeah, a place yeah. of love. Got it. Like, oh, damn. That was from... Like, damn. You didn't. If we could play it, play it back, play back. these are two different dams. Play it back in slow motion. There was no, like, wow. That's, I that's said, amazing. damn. No, you said the word damn. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you how you said it? I know how I said it, though. Do you want me to say it back to you how I think you said it? Go ahead. Damn. Not not true. <laughs> not true. Fam. I said, Kevin. I said, damn it. But at the same That is so funny. Damn. <laughs> I'm 56 years old. Damn. That is hilarious, girl. I'm going to start doing that to my grandparents. Nana, how old are you again? Damn. What is Langley Air Force Base known for? It's among the oldest continuously active air bases in the U.S. In 1916, the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics, predecessor to NASA. So this was NACA. National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics. Established the need for a joint airfield and proving ground for Army, Navy, and NACA aircraft. Damn. Why is Langley Air Force Base closed? Didn't close. Things to do. <laughs> Arts and crafts. Oh, on-base recreation. I don't know if any other military brats listen to this podcast, but if you grew up as a military brat, you know that on-base kind of slays. I mean, it gets kind of boring, but it kind of slays. It's fun. It can be fun. There's like, oh my God, I remember we lived in South Korea in 2008 and going on base was like the highlight of my week because I was in sixth grade. We lived in a foreign country. I had friends. I also went to school on the American uh, Air Force or I actually went to school on the American Army base because we lived in Seoul. The American Air Force base is in Osan. We lived in Seoul off base in a high rise apartment and it was me and my family it was five of us. In, it's in South Korea. Like, there aren't really that many American chain restaurants. I mean, there's McDonald's and stuff like that. But it's obviously, it's like that was my first time really out of the country experiencing something that wasn't familiar to me as a child. And I think that was the first time I experienced true homesickness where, like, it was so hustle and bustle and it was so interesting to learn about everything and you know I was meeting Korean American friends who were the children of American servicemen who had married a Korean woman while they were you know on duty and I was friends with those kids at my school and they would teach me Korean and we would talk about 21 and Wonder Girls and Girls Generation and and like the early sort of 2010s era of K-pop and I had all the the sort of cutesy like anime stuff and all the cute little oh my god one thing one thing that I miss well I miss a lot about South Korea but one thing that I really miss is how fucking cute their stationery is the little pens and pencils and erasers and and boxes to hold it all in and little zipper pouches and backpacks and oh my god the school supplies were so fucking cute I miss them all the time luckily I live kind of close 
well, not really close, to Koreatown and uh, Little Japan is what it's called in in LA. And they have stores like that. And I literally go. I literally go and get myself little stationers. They're so cute with the little bunnies and the little like, oh my God, the little teddy bears. I, I do miss that. The food, oh my God, we would have like breaks in between classes because it was kind of, it was weird for a middle school. It was like, I had to walk to my different classes. It wasn't you know, just three or four classrooms. They were different buildings, different little portables. All of, It was a campus. And they had little stands where if you saved up enough wan uh, from whatever, you know, if, if your parents gave you money, you could go and buy the like spicy noodles. I miss it so much. I miss living in Korea. It was really fun. What was I going to say? Oh, you know, sometimes after school, my mom would pick me up. And I think my siblings... We're in pre-K or kindergarten. Actually, I don't know if my siblings were in school yet. They were really young. I think they were in kindergarten. After she would pick them up and then me up, we would run errands on base, you know, for like whatever reason. And she would take us to the commissary and the BX. And those were places like that had, you know, Taco Bell and Popeyes and Pizza Hut and all this. And it was like, oh my God. And then they had, like, American toys. I mean, it was like an, a Walmart on base. They sold electronics and household stuff. And uh, we would go there. And it literally felt like such a treat when we got to go to the BX or to the commissary. Because I was like, oh, Popeyes. And they had ice cream, like American ice cream. It was just so fun. And I'm looking back on it now as, like, those were just gross chain restaurants. But it's such a piece of home. And I know that there's a lot of... That's a loaded statement of like, why do we associate nasty, gross, unhealthy chain restaurants, fast food chain restaurants with America? But of course we do. And it is such a piece of comfort when you're overseas. It's like, oh my God. And it's not like, you know, if you've ever been to like a Spanish McDonald's or I went to a Taco Bell in London, it's fucking gross. Like, I don't know what you bitches are doing. Like, it's nothing. It's nothing like an American Taco Bell. And so in South Korea... It would be, you know, I, I guess the American quality when we would go on base. And I was like, oh, thank God. Gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, God bless America. God bless our troops. And gentlemen, start your engines. That was me on base. Anyway, yeah, I remember living, uh, we didn't live on base. I've never lived on a military base that I can remember. My dad had a lot of different... Uh, he was stationed a lot of different places that I, I probably don't remember because I was too young. But in Korea, we didn't live on base. Anyway, my plan for Broski Nation. Can we fucking get back to the point here, guys? Can we get back to it? Broski Nation. At some point, I'm going to relocate outside of a popular Air Force base. And I am going to... Yeah! In my little uh, Marilyn Monroe white dress. No undies. <laughs> No undies, okay? No undies, maybe some Spanx, maybe some 3XL Spanx underneath, but no undies. And I'm gonna yoo-hoo right outside where they like check your ID. And I'm gonna say, where are the boys? Where are the young servicemen? I'm just a little German girl. And they'll be like, ma'am, you have got to, there are like military vehicles coming through here. You need to get out of the way. Also, why don't you have underwear on? Why are you barefoot? Okay? You, my handkerchief is shit stained. You, <laughs> they're like, ma'am, you've got, you are in the way. Please, 
I'm dodging in between those little, like, the arms that come down to block the... They'll, they'll have the arm come down, they'll check your military ID, and then they'll let you on. You, I jump it. I'm running. I go straight for the barracks. I go straight for the dorms, okay? Yoo-hoo, young gentleman! Does anybody want me? I'm just a little German girl! They tackle me to the ground. My skirt comes up. No! No! My spanks! <laughs> my tan spanks. No! No! Don't make me go back! And then a young gentleman comes out of the barracks. Stop! Stop! That's my wife! She escaped. <laughs> What I'm saying is, if there are any young, beautiful, uh, brunette, blue-eyed American servicemen who don't love beating women, please hit my line. Why is it? What is it about the fucking military that makes y'all just want to punch? Y'all just want to punch. Y'all want to hit. Damn. Get that under control, dude. With all that being said, if there is a lovely young gentleman who's just getting out of the military, who's like, I can't do this anymore and they're clean cut, and they are in a uniform, and they want me, guess what? Yoo-hoo-hoo! Yoo-hoo! Young gentleman! Lieutenant! Yoo-hoo, little lieutenant! I'm outside! I'm here! <laughs> oh my god, Elvis has this movie called G.I. Blues. Problematic movie, by the way. Very, very problematic themes and ideas explored in the movie. Does he look good in it? Yeah. Oh my god, oh, this was so cute with his little cheekbones. And there's something, I mean, you could be just ugly as a hog. You could be hog wild ugly. And if you've got on a military uniform, hello, yoo guten tag, danke, danke sehr. Is that how you say thank you in German? Thank you in German. Danke. 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 How to say hello, hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. How to say hello, sir, in German. Hallo. Hallo, Herr. Hallo, Herr. How to say do you want me in German? <laughs> Willst du Mike? Willst du mich? Willst Willst du mich? Willst du mich? Hallo! Hallo Herr! Or maybe maybe it's not in the throat. Hallo Herr! Willst du mich? And then they'll say, no, and shoot me. <laughs> no, no. And then they'll shoot me. It's over, dude. How did you get on the military base? How did you get on the military base in German? English to German. There's also a line, not to go back to Sherlock Holmes, but I will. Sherlock Holmes 2, A Game of Shadows, is set in, I think, 1892, and it was in the middle of a conflict between Germany and France. And I honestly don't know how much of it is historically accurate because, again, don't care to look it up. Uh, but there's a... A bombing in Strasbourg and the Germans and the French are bombing each other back and forth and there's some bombings in London and all this, you know, affiliated, whatever. There's a scene where Sherlock goes up to Mycroft, his brother, and they're, they're talking back and forth and Mycroft is played by Stephen Fry. And he says, 
there's an ongoing something and the da-da-da, and I can't tell you exactly who it is, but I can't tell you they speak French and German. Anyway, that's just like a, a Stephen Fry. Also, Stephen Fry narrates some stuff on uh, Calm, the Calm app. Okay, what was I going to say? Let me into the military base. Lass mich in die Militärbasis. Lass mich in die Militärbasis. Lass mich in die Militärbasis. Hallo! Hallo, Herr! Lass mich in die Militärbasis. That's a made-up language, dude. You're just speaking English with a little... With a little... With a little... Okay? Do you listen to... Hosier? Host... Hörst du Hozier? Hörst du Ho I'm going to stick with Spanish, girl. That's crazy. German's crazy. Y'all are crazy MFers, okay? Germany is full of crazy MFers. Germany! Germany! Deutschland. How do you say Germany in German? Deutschland. 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 Hello! <laughs> yeah! That's crazy. All right, team, I think that'll do it for me this episode. Thanks so much for listening. I don't even get to talk about the seven deadly sins. We'll get to it eventually, okay? I'm going to pop an edible, and we're going to talk about it, okay? Go get your merch, Broski Report merch, broski.shop, okay? Sweatshirt, hoodie, t-shirt, get it while it lasts. We are doing... YouTube videos every week on the Bro uh, Brittany Broski YouTube channel. Go subscribe to that. Subscribe to this YouTube channel, The Broski Report, if you dare. If you dare. And rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Audible, uh, wherever the fuck you listen to this, okay? Whatever, wherever on the internet your grimy little rat hands found this podcast, go ahead and rate me five stars. I'm loving you guys. It's been real. See ya.